Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I am joined uh, this evening by uh, a frontman of the glam punk power pop band, uh, Indonesian Junk. Uh, they've got a new record out. Uh, it's called Living in a Nightmare. It's uh, out on Rumbar Records. Um, I'm excited to talk to him about his passions, artistry, and why he does what he does. Thank you very much, Daniel James, for joining me. Uh, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. How are you doing today? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, doing all right. How are you? I'm good, too. Uh, it was like, got to like 75 today. It was stellar. Nice. Yeah, so uh, what would you do today? Uh, I worked um, mostly, but then um, I, I worked from home and the computer screwed up. So I actually only worked about half the day today, which is nice. So Decent. what do you do? That, yeah. Um, I caption phone calls for the hearing impaired. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. As some Milwaukeeans would be familiar with that job. Yeah. Uh, so it seems. Uh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, it was It was so nice. I, I went on not one, but two walks today. Oh, nice. Reservoir Park. I did get to spend my uh, lunch break on the balcony, though, which is the, the nice part about working from home. It was my, my first balcony lunch break of my second year working from home now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, are you, you're in Everest too, right? Uh, Bayview, yeah. Oh, yeah, I moved, to, I moved to Bayview, like, right before the pandemic started. So I've been in River West most of my life, though, or most of my adult life. Gotcha, sure. Um, yeah, uh, very exciting uh, to be outside. So, uh, Daniel, what we talk about a Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. All right. And um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say I've, I've actually never seen Indonesian junk perform. Oh. Um, Got to fix that post-pandemic. We're going to change that as soon as uh, shows are a thing again. Because, yeah. um, I, you know, I've really been digging your guys' music yeah. for uh, a while now. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we covered your new record on Breaking and Entering uh, last month now. And cool. uh, really loved it. And I'm excited to talk about it and really hear more about, like, everything that you've been up to in the last year. But for, first, uh, before we do that, uh, usually, where I usually where I usually start is, uh, so are you from Milwaukee? Uh, I'm from Stevens Point, um, which is about two and a half hours north of here. When I first moved here, it was actually like four hours north, but they, they make the highways more efficient as the decades go along. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my uh, sweet mate at UWM actually is from Stevens Point. Okay. So I'm kind of familiar. Yeah. Um, ben, I'd love to hear a little bit about um, kind of how you got started with music. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, tell me about... Uh, what you listened to growing up and how it would eventually become a creative outlet for yourself. Oh God. Um, that's a long story. <laughs> I guess, uh, I first, uh, like the first music I ever really fell in love with when I was a kid was like, uh, I remember being like three or so, like, you know, when your memories are first starting and like being way into my mom's Beatles and stones records. And then that progressed, uh, whenever I discovered all this and then eventually at, um, what was it? Uh, I don't know, like I, like third grade or so, like started discovering music on my own. And that's when I got into like, like all, it was like 1986 then. So it was all like the big hair metal bands, like 
like Bon Jovi. I loved Bon Jovi when I was in second grade and stuff like that. And then, um, so I'm going to try to go fast because I'm covering a lot of decades here. Uh, then like, then, you know, the nineties happened and, uh, that whole scene like really was starting to burn out. And, uh, like all my peers were like getting into grunge at the time, but that's about when I discovered punk, like, and I like went back and like got into like all the seventies punk stuff. And then that's about when I started playing in bands too. Um, like in high school, uh, didn't really do anything like serious until I was like out of high school though. When I was like 18, I like finally started like playing in bands that like played shows and stuff. And then moved to Milwaukee in 2000 with, I was in a band then called Piston Honda. Uh, <laughs> we moved here and then, I don't know, I've been in bands ever since. I don't know. It's sorry, that's a really glossed over version. I can <laughs> oh, yeah. get more into it if you want. Well, I just, yeah. sure. Um, no, I for sure. Uh, it's it is a lot of ground to cover in a yeah <laughs> in a podcast worth yeah. time. Yeah. Um, what was your first band? Do you remember like what your first one was? Um, God, uh, first band I was in that played a show was in 1996 and that was called the barcodes and we played technically two shows but they were spaced out about five years like the second show was like more of like a reunion thing but uh see i only like played one show and then that broke up and then i played in a couple other bands after that that were just doing the same songs it was like a trying to be hardcore punk like i was way into like minor threat misfits dead kennedy stuff like that but um nowhere near as good as any of those bands right on yeah, yeah okay um when you first uh came to milwaukee in 2000 uh, what was the music scene like it was great um i mean it's still great but uh i mean like coming from a small town like it was it was awesome uh like I moved in uh, with Nato Coles. Um, he was in a band called the Shrubbers at the time. And we had a house and like, there was a, there was a house like on uh, 29th and national called the Punk Mahal that we would like just book shows in the basement, like all the time. And there was like always bands coming through. And then um, like shortly after that is kind of when like, there was like a lot of friends from moved down from Green Bay and like the band holy shit those guys and stuff and like once those guys moved down here it was like i don't know it's it's it, like it was undescribable like it was awesome there was just like always it was always like just a good basement scene like lots of lots of houses that had shows and like there would be like three four shows every week like i couldn't go to everything you know it was um frustrating at the time because i wanted to go to everything but in retrospect it's like not a bad problem to have when there's yeah. always something to do, you know, especially now when we're living in a period of time when there is never anything to do. Right. <laughs> I yeah. really yeah. long for the days of just being able to do stuff all the time. And hopefully that's going to happen again at oh, some point. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. Like <laughs> I, I, that was the problem I had too pre-COVID because, you know, I was going to a, like one or two shows a week at least. Mm -hmm part of the reason why I moved to river West from the East side was like, I was just coming here all the time to yeah. go to, you know, high dive or Bremen or yeah. North cut down on travel time. Yeah. 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 I, I, um, yeah, my, my first place is right across from circle a and it's all right in proximity. Uh, yeah. to I love river West for that reason. Like it's, uh, 
it's awesome like how close everything is when like i host touring bands and they come to town and they'll they'll just be like blown away and be like oh that's the place we played last time we're here and it's like two blocks away and like everyone lives like two to three blocks from all the shows and it's just right uh, like people come from like cities that are more spread out and like like oh everything is just condensed to like four blocks here right yeah yeah you ever you ever walk down like any given street in river west and you're like oh i've I've, i spilled some beer in that basement or oh i saw the craziest punk show in that basement you know stuff like that it's kind of like right before i moved to bayview um i moved here in like october so two octobers ago because it was like the fall before the pandemic and i remember we um played our record release show at circle a and then I just like kind of walked home. I live like at the time Kitty Corner from Club 99. So just like walking home after the show, like just running into so many like other shows going on and like people just hanging out outside the bars. Like it really bummed me out that I was moving away because I was like, I love this place. I mean, not that I moved far away, but you know, I was, I was like, God damn, I love River West. Like it's kind of sad that, I mean, not that I can't go back ever, but you know. Yeah, yeah. It- yeah, I mean, eventually I'll probably want to move to Bayview too. Um, once I get a little bit more money, yeah. but yeah, it's it, it is um, infectious, just like yeah. how DIY it is out here, and um, a lot of great great folks out here. I love Holy Shit. Big shout out to Holy oh, Shit. Yeah. yeah, that was one of the most fun episodes I've ever done. Yeah. Okay. Oh, they did the podcast too. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they did it. Um, what was that uh, October? Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah. Tony Schwader's got some really good stories. He's full of yeah. that man. Is yeah. Full of yeah. I've lived with him. I lived with Andy a lot in my life. Uh, I played in a band with Andy too, but like me, Andy and Tony had a house together like a, about 10 years ago now. And it was, I don't know, that guy was so awesome to live with. He's just always on 100%. Yeah. Yeah. He's a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about, uh, the formation of indonesian junk how did, okay. how did the band form um I don't know, it's uh it's kind of w- weird and long and drawn out too but uh well i i've been playing in other bands for like so long like uh i was in chinese telephones which i still am in even though we haven't practiced in a long time uh in yeah. ramalama but i w- wasn't like doing anything where i was writing my own songs but i wanted to write my own songs like i had a short-lived thing called daniel james gang that was kind of the precursor to Indonesian junk, but that just never took off. Um, so I, I guess I was just writing songs for a while, couldn't get a band together. So I made a bunch of demos um, with my playing every instrument. And around that time I met Johnny, our bass player at a Iron Maiden show at Summerfest. He just happened to be like sitting right in front of me. And I was kind of like heckling Alice Cooper <laughs> who opened the show, which we love Alice Cooper, but, but I, I don't know why. I was just in a very weird mood that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we we uh we hit it off and then uh and it was kind of like a thing where we just decided we were going to start a band at some point and so i had those songs i was reluctant to show it to him at first because i thought my songs might be too poppy for his tastes you know like he seemed like a total rocker and like i like to write kind of wussy songs you know but um yeah he ended up liking the songs when i gave him the demos and it like just worked out and then there's all the other pieces kind of came together eventually over the years. Like we've got Mike on drums after we'd put out our first album and then now Adam's in the band. So uh, how, how long ago was that? 
Um, I put that demo out in 2014. I think I actually met Johnny in 2012. So I was like working on it. I was working on what would be Indonesian junk for a couple of years, but because I was like so active with other bands, it was kind of like really like a back burner idea. Like I was trying to get it going, but at the same time I was busy. So I, yeah, I met him in like 2012, put out that demo in March of 2014 and like started practicing with them like about the same week that I put the demo out. Cool. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, and that's Indonesian junk. That's uh, Surrender, Cheap Trick, right? Yes. Yeah. That that song just reminds me of like driving around with my friends in high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really, I don't know. I wanted to, kind of wanted a Cheap Trick reference. I was just like, especially like when I started writing with songs, I was listening to a lot of Cheap Trick, and I was just like, I don't know. Just thought that would be a cool name. So. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, so this this new record you guys just came out with, uh, so that's like what, fourth, fifth record now? Yeah, fourth, yeah. I um, might count it as a fifth because we had like a singles compilation, but uh, like it's our fourth proper album. Sure. So. Yeah, we can talk about, so that singles compilation you're referring to what came out okay. last summer. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I kind of <laughs> just glossing over this this past year, you know, because it's been such a blur um yeah i'd love to hear kind of how the idea for that came from like what made you guys want to do that the uh, the singles comp yeah oh uh well it it was it kind of came out like when the pandemic hit um i first our label hit me up like asking like if we had any stuff like in the can or anything because they just like our label wanted to stay active too and uh we like I had those like some singles that I'd been meaning to like press on CD for a while. Cause like the, a lot of it was like vinyl only releases, but the main thing that happened was uh, we just had that, the Jones's cover Pillbox. Um, we recorded that when we recorded our second album and never got it mixed. And I just like hit up Shane who we usually record with. And I'd like felt bad. I was like, you're probably out of work right now. And like, that's your job. Like you want to do some mixing for us. So I had to mix the song and then just kind of like, there's just like enough stuff to package it all together that it worked where it like fit on an album. And then, you know, like a lot of stuff was out of print. And then, yeah, we just the, like the main impetus was wanting to release that single. And it just came out that there was an album's worth <laughs> of stuff cool. too. So Yo, shout out to Shane. Love that. Man. Yeah. 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 I lo love working with him. He, we did our first album. I recorded it, but ever since then we've recorded with him exclusively. And like, it's, I credit him to our sound to an extent like he really like I look back on the band now and like I had ideas and like I thought I, I definitely had like a vision for the band when I started it and we put out the first album but then once we like recorded with him the second time he made me kind of see a different thing to do and I like I feel like he's as even though he doesn't play in the band he's as essential to Indonesian junk as like me Johnny mike adam you know yeah like he's like the fifth the fifth junk he i don't know if he would say that about himself but yeah. i'm sure there's a lot of other bands that say that about him too but like he's very essential to like even how we are live and like just from the way we record with him yeah no i, I get what you're saying he he's very instrumental to, yeah. to, to how you guys have done this or that and uh, yeah um he, and he's very like he's very like kind of modest guy he's like yeah. oh i'm just i'm just glad you know people want to work with me you know like yeah <laughs> such a swell guy yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
yeah, much love to him. Um, tell me about how, so Rumbar Records. Um, yeah. How'd you guys uh, get in cahoots with them? Uh, I met the the guy that runs the label Malibu Lou. I met him in like 2012 or 2013. I don't remember the exact time. I was uh, playing in Kurt Baker's backup band out um, on the East Coast for a couple of dates. And that was right around the time that like he had like signed like a distro deal with like Kurt's. I don't know. There was something where like Kurt just started working with him where we had to like drop off a box of records at his house between two shows. And uh, we just ended up like hanging out on his balcony for a long time and like kicking it and stuff. And then as a result, like fast forward a couple of years, he's putting out a record. (laughs) So like around like around the time that like we started like putting out records he was like got a new label going which was rumbar and like so yeah we technically were like one of the first records on the label i think we might be like the fourth album or something i'm not sure but yeah Yeah. nice cool yeah um and um last summer i remember you guys dropped also you you did the music video for uh city lights oh yeah i forgot about that (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the notebook video. That was a cool yeah. concept you guys had there. Um, I had that. Our, our, um, my friend Joe did that video. He, I didn't even really know what it was going to look like till we got it. <laughs> he had like a couple other ideas that I remember shooting down. But uh, yeah, he like, that was mostly like his thing. He filmed our whole show the last time we played New York. So, um, so he had all this footage of us. Uh, we wanted to put out a video. Like we technically wanted to film a video with him that day, but we didn't have time. So he was like, had that footage. He's like, I can still make a video. And then he made that and it's, I don't know, it works. It's like the blue theme. I fit like fits the mood of the song, you know? Yeah. 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 We, um, we really enjoyed that video. Oh yeah. You played that on uh, like a breaking and entering show, like video yeah. thing. The writer's okay. room. The writers yeah that's what i was okay yeah, yeah i remember that now yeah 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 sure um so in terms of living in a nightmare um like i i guess this this might be kind of a silly question but was the title of the record like was that directly like inspired by the pandemic in this past year um not really well kind of it's it's a lyric in one of the songs which is living in the usa and that that song is more inspired by um there was a, a very bad police presence in the city for a couple months where uh like after like the the protests over the george floyd thing where i mean i feel like there's a lot of peaceful protests going on in town and at the same time like the cops were just out of control uh in the way they handled the protesters and that's what that song was about um like the course is just like living in a nightmare living in the usa but then when we're practicing, like, cause I feel like it's mostly an upbeat album. Like it's, but at the same time, we're like, everything was stressful. Like while we we're trying to rehearse, like, I mean, like, like we lost friends to coronavirus. Like, you know, like it was a very weird time. Like it's like, we're just kind of scared, scared in mourning um, on top of, yeah, like on top of what that song was about, like the fact that like, I, like like the police were scary as hell too, and oh, yeah. it was, like like we just I was just like that line I was like even though it was like from the song I was like that really encapsulates like what everybody in in like while we're at practice like 
we were all just like this and like I, just, I was just like that line encapsulates like what we're all feeling right now and I was like that's probably going to be the name of the album I kind of struggled like thought about maybe not doing it because of, it is like also our poppiest album ever <laughs> like it's but at the same time I was like we're living in a nightmare might as well go with it like, yeah remember that that week that whole week straight where we were all like kind of falling asleep to a helicopter yeah the neighbor yeah I mean that's the week I wrote that song like that's yeah. what it was about like I I, I uh, resonate with that a lot like that was it was a time with this so much adrenaline but also yeah just so much like where you know we were going out marching every day for like two weeks straight but then like when we weren't doing that we were just like on edge and anxious yeah. and uh, worried about like if our friends got home safe or yeah. you know or who know who could have been like arrested or shot at you know like it was it was like it was mortifying it, yeah yeah so i i i think it's an appropriate title yeah appropriate for uh yeah for the times. but then like i said like it's there's living in a nightmare in multiple ways because also of the pandemic you know so it was like i, I felt like like if that was a theme to summer 2020 when that album was mostly being written was living in a nightmare so yeah yeah so i'm actually going to pull up the track list here um okay. i would love to ask you about a couple more of these songs um, sure so yeah type of a girl um mm. This was a single you guys dropped. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear kind of what your idea was behind this one. Oh, oh that's just like a, a, that riff just kind of like came about from playing acoustic guitar a lot. I was playing a lot of acoustic guitar, as I'm sure a lot of musicians were during the pandemic. Um, yeah, the lyrics are just kind of like it's kind of like the idea of like like a warning to someone that might like take their take their partner for granted you know like like you're gonna fuck it up don't fuck it up i can say fuck right we're not on tv yeah yeah you can okay yeah like don't just don't screw it up like uh, you know that's kind of the main theme of it like don't be an idiot don't don't like lie to your partner and uh yeah. be you know like think that you'll get away with cheating on them you know and stuff like that you know so yeah. it's like that yeah. don't be a know. dick <laughs> yeah don't be a dick yeah right um you also had a, a so policeman. I remember yeah. I, I I wrote this song up on the site and uh, oh, yeah. and I'm kind of interested, like kind of like I think I wanted to be careful the way I was like wording it because I wasn't quite sure what you meant when you were when you like in in your lyrics. I'm I'm interested in like where it. Yeah, um, like, what that one was was also written. Actually, that one definitely like was written while like while all the protests were going on here but it was most like the musically i just kind of i was just kind of like playing with some recording software when i made the demo like it was my first time using like this drum machine program so i just like wrote the song like all the music for it first and then i was like well now i need some words and like as much of like a protest song that is it's still like also kind of jokey you know <laughs> like it's yeah. like like it's like nothing but a pig you know i don't yeah. but uh like so but i don't know that it just kind of came out it was like you know it comes down to write lyrics you're like write what you know and that was all i was knowing right then you know yeah but, yeah yeah it's I, also just i don't know kind of taking jabs at like people that were like dicks in school like oh it turns out they're a cop now you know <laughs> like yeah 
yeah I, I know what you mean where someone where it's like someone has like a, a, a cop complex if, if you yeah. will kind of yeah like, oh, big surprise. Like the bully that shoved your face into a locker 20 years ago is a cop now and he gets to shove people's faces into lockers every day. <laughs> yeah, and qualified immunity fucking yeah. protects him to be a fucking asshole. Uh, what else? Um, one more try. Tell me about that. Yeah. Uh, that's just a love song. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I probably was, uh, I feel like I was probably listening to a lot of Buck Owens when that one came about. Um, that was actually like definitely the first pandemic song I wrote. And it was, uh, I did like a live stream. I know a lot of people were like live streaming every week, but I, I just wanted to do like one live stream. And so I decided I should write at least one new song for it when I did it. So that was like the new song that I wrote. So, yeah. Oh, right. Cool. Um, yeah. And in terms of like the recording process for this record, um, you know, obviously it was, you know, massively derailed with uh the pandemic as as it was for everyone else um but yeah i I guess like i'd love to hear kind of yeah like how you guys still made it work um um well we we rehearsed together uh we started rehearsing in like june um i feel like it's kind of scary like we had masks on and stuff and we're standing apart but like in retrospect like i don't know if i would do that again um because it's still like like the ventilation in the room wasn't there and like we were all being safe. like none of us were out doing stuff you know like it's not like we're out like mingling with people all the time and like so like we kept our circle small but it was still like kind of scary like we i mean we ended up like canceling a lot of rehearsals too just because people were stressed out about stuff um or just like worried yeah worried about actually rehearsing and like and then just the stress of like trying to live while all of this is going on um like definitely like a lot of our jobs were more demanding mine was definitely more demanding at the time on top of yeah just everything so um that happened we yeah we recorded uh or we rehearsed for a couple months and then our guitar player couldn't even do most of the rehearsals too because he uh lives in skokie illinois and there was like a time where like like even though he was like at home like we would have been the only people he would have interacted with at all um there was still like no travel allowed between illinois and wisconsin so and he didn't want to screw with that so like he ended up coming just did the last like three weeks before we recorded, he came up, we did like two rehearsals a week with him and he managed to like pick up everything like that. He even played a couple solos. He played the solo on one more try. Uh, that was, I'm very grateful to that because I could not come up with a solo for that song at all. And I gave that to him. So yeah, even like he played a little bit of lead on the record, um, picked it all up. Uh, recording with Shane was a lot different. Um, usually like we'd be hanging out in the control booth with him uh he just yeah had us all like we were not and did not interact with him really at all other than him like talking to us uh and once like i started doing vocals like at that at that point i took my mask off so it was like no one you know it was just like me doing the vocals and no spreading shooting all my covid particles everywhere (laughs) yeah uh did did you have covid at all no Uh, well i I got really sick in February, but yeah, I don't want to say that I had it, but um, if I found out I had it, it was, 
I wouldn't be surprised because it was definitely the sickest I'd ever been in my entire life. But that was even like before we knew, like we played shows after that. Like I was going to work like in like, I think, I, I don't know. I don't want to say I had it because I don't want to like jump on that bandwagon or anything. Yeah, but like, yeah. I, I definitely, I mean, I, I've talked to a couple of people who yeah. I've speculated the same thing. So I mean, yeah. you can't, I guess, rule it out, but. Yeah, it was the sickest I'd mm-hmm. ever been in my entire life that I can like think of. Like it next to like my appendix rupturing or something like it was the most painful experience of my life for a couple days i didn't know what it was and yeah i don't know well i'm glad you're okay yeah yeah so am i (laughs) (laughs) oh sorry i was gonna say another thing that really derailed the album too though is uh i also got in a bike accident (laughs) like and i was worried that my hand started working like literally like the week before we recorded like i could not move my arm like i was still like practicing but i would be like i was like this like very like could barely like play any leads like just bare bones rhythm especially because adam couldn't make it to practices um so that that is probably another part of the nightmare we're living in now that i think back on it but uh that yeah i was like it was worried that we weren't even gonna make the record like there's so many obstacles in our way that sucks that yeah <laughs> that, that, that that does suck um then what happened like did you like swerve out of control or something or uh, uh flipped over my handlebars i was um just on a bike ride with uh you know kevin from lamb's legs sure okay yeah he was yeah you know, we were just i don't know riding bikes um he was ahead of me his hat flew off his head and i was just like had this idea that I would catch his hat for him so he wouldn't have to turn around. <laughs> and I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like going down a big hill, like by Lake Michigan. So I just like slammed on the brakes. And as a result, like just the, you know, did one of those like reverse wheelie things, like going super fast and just like flew over, tried to brace my fall and ended up like spraining my wrist and my elbow. And then, yeah. Damn, that's, oh God. Ugh. Yeah. Man, well, once again, glad you're okay. Yeah, you've, uh, you've so been, nice. yeah, you've you've endured some uh some, some yeah. uh some threats uh in, yeah. in the last year. It sounds yeah. like uh, yeah, the gods the gods did not want this album to happen, but yeah. <laughs> we challenged yeah. the gods and we won. Right, right, yeah, we you uh prevailed. Yeah. So um yeah, so the record uh so it came out uh last month. Uh, did you guys do like a live stream uh, when it came out? No, uh, we're actually. T- talking about trying to do one right now um we have a group chat where we're gonna do something through uh from x-ray arcade so but we oh. also like have to rehearse for that because we stopped rehearsing after the album and like kind of decided we're gonna start rehearsing now that we're all vaccinated but um yeah the plan like we didn't do any like sort of album launch thing but we're gonna at least do a live stream like part of the x-ray arcade series coming up i don't hopefully i can announce that <laughs> so <laughs> Well, this won't be out for a couple of weeks, so it yeah, so get announced. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. That'll be great. Yeah. Um, really dope. I'm I'm so fucking happy that X-Ray. I know they're struggling a lot. Lately, yeah. So I'm I'm really glad they're still. Going yeah, at they it. they sent me like a link to some of like the videos they did too, and they're like, I don't all look all look and sound great. So like I'm I'm excited to get to work with them. So good good what was what was your guys last show before covid uh we did a weekender um we played chicago and carbondale um like what first weekend in march i think 
we played mm-hmm. Chicago, which was Adam's first Chicago show with us, which was nice because, like I said, he lives in the Chicago area. So we got to play like his first local show with us for all his friends. So that was nice. And then we played Carbondale the next day. And there was, you know, there was like obviously like people were talking about it and we we're kind of scared of what was going to happen, but not too scared, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, we were going to do. We had a whole list of dates lined up because we hadn't played for a while because we're teaching Adam all the songs. Um, and then, yeah, we were supposed to play Cactus, a uh, really cool show with uh, like Hughes brother or yeah, Hughes family, Hughes brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to play and uh, Rex was going to play. And uh, I remember that. Flash Panthers were going to play. I'm like, I was so stoked about it because I was like, this is a really stacked local bill. Oh, yeah. I was, that yeah. was, I was going to go to that show to see yeah. you guys. Yeah. I wanted to, oh. like, I, that <laughs> was my <laughs> plan. <Yeah. laughs> I was, I hadn't seen Hughes family yet either. So, like, I was really wanting to see those guys. Like, and they played like the weekend before too. And I was like, I'm playing with them next weekend. Like, I can see them then. And yeah. then, yeah, obviously that didn't happen. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, everything escalated so quickly that week. Yeah. Um, I remember it was like that Friday before, yeah, I saw Soup Moat and Convert and uh, was Child Bite, Chains Band. Yeah. They played X-Ray that Friday. Then the following day was the day-long show at Cactus Club, and uh, that was super fun. And then I saw Wilco in Madison that Monday. And we, everyone that whole weekend was just making like COVID jokes. We were like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, like the virus, <laughs> like, oh, don't get too close to me. <laughs> like it was, it was still kind of like what you were saying, like not totally yeah. like serious, like imminently, but then like three days later, everyone like, we're like, holy shit. Like we got to stop going out. We got to stay home. Yeah. I can't yeah, see. It was weird. Yeah. It was especially like, yeah, it was first couple. I mean, even the first couple months, like it was like, it was so scary because you didn't like know anything. Like, like I didn't know like what. I don't know. I was just like afraid that I'd accidentally touch something twenty hours. And they didn't let us start working from home until June. Um, they like kept it like we were essential workers. Like I'm going into this like crowded ass call center every day for two months, like scared out of my mind, listening to people freak out about the the pandemic too like just 24 hours like it was a very very scary two months like yeah man i can't even imagine that's you shouldn't have to go through that yeah (laughs) Um, i'm glad you could eventually work from home but still like that was like that That same the same thing that had us qualified for that though at least like meant that i was eligible for the vaccine kind of early-ish too so sure sure i was was like if you're gonna pull that on us at least like we can reap the benefits from it even though like pretty much right after that everyone's like it seems like everyone i know has at least got their first shot by now so yeah i got my second one next week Um, i just got my got my second one a week ago yesterday so next monday i'll be like street legal oh yeah 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 right because it takes the two weeks right I probably yeah. still don't do anything. I don't know. I'm still afraid to leave the house. Like I don't yeah. still don't really know what I can and can't do. But because I don't know who's not vaccinated yet. Yeah. Or like I don't know. We don't know about the pathogens, like if you can still carry it. Yeah. Um yeah. So it's it's still like no time for complacency. 
uh, with the protocols. Um, so uh, now that the record's out, uh, what, what do you guys feel like is next for you? Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, well, we're going to do that live stream. Um, we're, we're, like I said, start rehearsing again. I would like, I, would, I hope, it seems like people are talking about fall shows. I don't know. I don't want to start booking stuff until we know we can, you know? I don't know. But, uh, like, I'm hoping shows become a thing. I don't know, like, if it gets to a point, I'm sure I'll just write another record after after a couple months of not having written anything. Um, I don't know, just really taking it as it comes, which is, I feel like we usually, we always have a plan. Like we've always had a plan, like very far and ahead, like a year in advance, we'd know what we're doing. And right now we don't know what we're doing and it's kind of fun, I guess. But at the same time, I like that stability of knowing what I'm going to be doing a year from now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, it's hard to set your expectations anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially financially, that's the worst part. It's like, I don't know if I'm going to have money in like three weeks, three yeah. months. Yeah, so, <laughs> that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, uh, like you said, um, you know, we, we can't really act unless, until we know more. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that, you know, there were like... I'm glad the vaccines are rolling out and that we're at least like making headway, but whatever. Yeah. I guess like, uh, if, if you, you end up cranking out more tunes in the meantime, you yeah. know, that, that's, that, that can happen. But otherwise I, I do. Mean, I don't mind. I love yeah. making records. So that's like probably my favorite part of the band. So if I got to make another record, Oh no, <laughs> it just sucks that I'll spend a lot of money on it. And then we'll not see any of that money because we won't play any shows. But. Yeah. Right. Well, um, um, what was I gonna say? Uh, your 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 band, you're like you're listening to your record was one of the records I've listened to recently that made me really yearn for like another really loud rock show. Um, well, I can't wait to play one. So <laughs> yeah, with my just jumping around with the earplugs falling out and shit, mm. like I can't wait for that. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I've been definitely like watching videos of bands on YouTube, just like shows when people get wild a lot lately. And just like, like, God, I just want to do that like so yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. And just to see everyone again, like, yeah. Can't wait to see all the cats again. I don't know, yeah. There's like so many people I haven't seen in so long. It's like really, really like takes a toll on like friendships, you know, because you have like those friendships that are like, kind of casual-ish you know but you still value them it's not like right you know like someone you like see out and like talk to or like don't make plans to like hang out with a lot but you still still hang out with and like you like don't ever see i don't know it's weird it's yeah yeah family like i haven't i haven't seen my family in a year like my you know where it's like the shows and being out like that's the catalyst for like how you see most people like yeah. how i was i mean i'm pretty introverted otherwise and mm. the shows were how i yeah saw most of the people i talked to but without that um yeah it's kind of been like i don't know whether to like how to it's kind of you have to kind of learn how to like gauge people and friendships on your own without that and mm. that has been a challenge it's been a challenge but um but you know um i think that this year taught us to that we can be there for each other in, in different ways, um, in powerful ways, helping someone out with 
with some money if they need it right now yeah. or buying a record, buying some a t-shirt, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, thanks, Daniel, for being on the show. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. This is the most social thing I've done in a while. <laughs> good, good. Uh, so as, as we're closing out here, uh, I ask everyone the same two questions. Uh, the, fir- the first one is, uh, Daniel, what, what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Uh, anxiety. <laughs> keeps me up at night, too. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that can go a lot of ways. But I'll start thinking about random stuff. A lot of times I'll think about how I have to wake up super early for work the next day. And then that'll, like, get me really anxious. And then, like, then that'll freak out because, like, I'll be, like, super anxious. And then, like, next thing I know, I'm just, like, two hours before I'm supposed to wake up and then I'm even more anxious because I'm like, no, I'm not going to get enough sleep. And like, it ruins my whole night, but yeah, anxiety affects me in other ways too. That's like a, okay. I got a nice little problem. I do too. I, I, I'm, yeah, no, I do too. I, I've been on medication for it for a very long time. <laughs> I should uh, be, I, sh- I should be, but I also have American healthcare. It's yeah. Oh yeah. That's another <laughs> That's a whole fucking thing. Um, are you a coffee drinker? Um, I am. Uh, I actually switched to. Uh, um, I only do cold brew now though, because I'm just getting old and my insides are all. I don't know. I'm not sounding like a rock star right now. But <laughs> I started doing. I started doing cold brew because uh, it's less acidic. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I still drink it. I drink coffee every day, so I'm, I'm definitely addicted to caffeine. So that's my my one vice now yeah i am too i i big caffeine hound um i love it i I thought about kicking it because i kicked everything else but i'm just i don't know it's like i don't know i like it i like caffeine it's fun even though sometimes it accelerates my anxiety it's for the most part i enjoy it it's a it's a fun fun little drug right yeah yeah definitely uh the second question i was gonna ask is uh what puts you to sleep what puts me to sleep? Uh, earplugs. <laughs> yeah. I also live in a like, fairly loud house. Like there's like planes flying over my head all night. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm close to the airport. So yeah, uh, I don't know. Just <laughs> it's weird. I, both of those questions, I don't know how to answer. No one really does. It's, I got to hit that. I got to hit that spot. I don't like by the time I hit that spot where I can fall asleep. Like, I don't know where I actually am at that point. Like it's... Yeah. Well, so a lot of that question throws people off sometimes. They're like, oh, man, I don't even know how to answer that. But yeah. I just, but I kind of like knew, If I knew, I'd do it a lot more. <laughs> sometimes melatonin helps. Sometimes it doesn't. Well, I was going to say, you you have a really beautiful cat. Your cat yeah. is is beautiful. <laughs> sometimes he keeps me up all night. <laughs> what's what's your cat's name? Uh, cat the Jerk. He's named after my, a guitar player in a band I used to be in called Pat the Jerk. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he likes to he likes to scratch my face if I'm not paying attention to him. Which, if I'm trying to fall asleep, that means I'm not paying attention to him. So he'll just like, oh. like sometimes just stick his whole paw in my mouth. He is a jerk. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's usually not, but sometimes he is. It's I didn't mean for that name to describe him, but sometimes sometimes it does describe him. Yeah. sometimes he's a jerk usually he's sweet he's pretty sweet most of the time yeah 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 i you know cats are divas you know yeah. uh, they they are the center of their world so yeah. I, I get it 
Um, well, yeah, uh, thanks once again for uh, joining yeah, me. Thanks for having me. It's great to finally like actually like have a conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, I enjoyed it. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully uh, I can meet you at a show sometime. <laughs> it will, it will happen. It will happen okay. eventually. Um, cool. For everyone watching, um, I'll be tagging uh, Indonesian Chunk so you can okay. check out their record. Uh, uh, Living in a Nightmare out in Rumpar Records. And uh, stay tuned for uh, what they have coming up in the future. Mm. Uh, thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Guy, as always. We'll see you next time. Yeah, 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 yeah.